Blog Talk Radio. The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You are listening to Rainbow Soul. BlakeRadio.com. topic is, would you be safer if murder were legal? This seems like an absurd question, but what if murder is already legal and you are just pretending it isn't? What if the present state of murder being illegal is just a cover to murder you? That's what we're going to take a look at today, especially as it pertains to health care, such a broad field. The fact that 880,000 Americans every year are being murdered by their health care and there's not been a single successful prosecution against a health care worker for any of these acts is just absolutely amazing. And, of course, it's not even covered in the 6 o'clock news. So, as always, things happen. So, first of all, we're going to talk about what is murder. And then we're going to talk about the legal murders that happen. We're going to talk about what's an illegal murder. And then we can get to the meat of the matter. Okay. The first, what's murder? Of course, I had to check with the uh, legal dictionary at law.com. They have a very, very good definition, legal definition of murder. And it's really surprising how broad the definition is. First, let's just go to a uh, uh, regular uh, everyday dictionary. And murder is the unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. Well, they're already, it says unlawful. So there are apparently lawful murders. And example, the stabbing murder of an off-Broadway producer. And of course, we have some synonyms here, which are good to know. Namely, um, Killing, that sounds good. Homicide, 
assassination, liquidation, extermination, execution, slaughter, butchery, interesting, butchery, massacre, and of course they had the slang things like wipe out, do in, do away with, knock off, blow away, blow someone's brains out, take out, dispose of, ice somebody, rub them out, smoke them, waste them, and of course slay. When we really get into it, when we go to the law dictionary, and it's interesting, it's Killing, murder is killing of a human being by a sane person with intent and malice. Now, this is first-degree murder, and this is very interesting. Now, I just want to point out with healthcare. when I was in, uh, in medical school and in residency, there's always these, these protocols, and way back in the day, you could, you had a fair amount of discretion as to how aggressive you were in following the standard of care protocols. And so if a doctor hated a patient, he would literally follow the protocol to the point of maiming and even killing the patient. And so having a doctor who disliked you, this is back in the 70s, was just awful, absolutely awful because the doctor would order every single test on the protocol. And it, t- it always involved some pretty um, invasive x-ray test with lots of dye. And uh, when you have an x-ray test, the dye can actually kill you. And it's a pretty high kill rate, uh, somewhere in the area of uh, 0.1 to 1%. That's a pretty high kill rate. Uh, when you think that really you have a person who otherwise would be alive, there's no question. Another x-ray, which has a pretty high kill rate, which is not really appreciated, is the barium enema. In order to do a barium enema, the doctor has to give the person such an extremely high dose of medications to empty the colon that these uh, that the action overcomes the body's safety mechanisms and causes the body to not only dump the feces from the colon, but a lot of water, and the person becomes dehydrated, their circulation collapses. Then the kill comes in when the doctor hydrates the person, of course gives them too much fluid, and now the person is in heart failure and kidney failure. And this is something that happened to a friend of mine, to her father. He was an older gentleman. He was must have been at least 80. And they decided that they needed to do a barium enema. And for some reason, uh, they proceeded with the standard of care, which, of course, dehydrated them. Then they went onto an IV, it gave him fluids, and literally overcame his uh, heart and drowned him. So this is... Uh, a case where clearly the doctor could have said, well, you know what, you're 80-something years old, why don't we skip this test because the test is actually a bigger threat to your health than anything we might find. And so to murder a person by medicine requires only to follow the standard of care. In this particular case, um, you know, one could even say the doctor acted with malice because clearly uh, in, the, in her father's condition, he was not going to do well. And I would say, when I was in medical practice, 
uh, when I first got started, I had these protocols. And I, I'll tell you, I had them all memorized just to rebob. And so the barium enema back in the 90s came up pretty frequently as the next test on the list. And after ordering about two of them, I decided that I just wasn't going to do that anymore. Because even in a younger, healthy person, when I say younger, I mean somebody under 40, it's a very traumatic test in terms of the amount of fluid you're pulling out of the person's body. Um, and barium itself is a poison. And then you put that in the person's body. And then the barium enema quickly turns to cement. And then you have another project which takes place over a period of several weeks of trying to get the cement out of the person's colon. So this is just a couple of examples of where one can um, murder a person by, uh, I guess you could say, butchery. All right, so let's see what the legal dictionary says. What else they tell us? The killing of a human being by sane person, okay, doctor is sane, no question about that. They, they check for that in medical school. With intent, so in other words, in this case, we're talking about the barium enema, is a test the doctor orders with intent. Of course, he intends to order the test. The question is, does he intend to do harm? Of course, in many cases, you can say this is unknowable. But again, in my case, after doing a couple of barium enemas, I said, eh, I'm not doing that test anymore because it's too harmful. And so you can reasonably say that the doctor who has ordered three barium enemas or more can be said to have an intent to harm when ordering a test because he's had enough experience where he's seen that the test is actually harmful. All right. So killing a human being by saying person got it, intent got it, malice. Um, you know, this is a, this is a tough one, uh, you know, to say malice. Because a lot of times I'll talk to my, I talk to my colleagues, fellow doctors, I don't talk to them much anymore, but back when I was in medical practice and I would talk to them, and uh, it would seem to me that what was going on was, was pretty harmful to the patient and might even be considered really malicious. And the doctor would say, Jennifer, it's got to be done. It's a standard of care and besides, if we don't do this, we might be liable. Someone could sue. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know about all that. I mean, even if they could sue, gee whiz. And so, you know, you could say that certainly a high degree of insensitivity is at play here, where the, the doctor is literally pitting himself against the patient, making the presumption um, that the patient is an enemy that's going to sue him. So malice and forethought, so it's clearly uh, forethought. So the doctor puts a lot of forethought into, into uh, prescribing these drugs and these tests, and of course the forethought is memorizing the standard of care, and following it time and time and time again, even though each time he's followed it, the results have been um, harmful. And, and again, many cases, even deadly. And so you have to say then, by inference, that there must be some intent here to murder, or at least no intent to not murder. And... Uh, with no legal excuse or authority. This is interesting. So you're killing a human being by same person with intent, malice, forethought, and with no legal excuse or authority. This is what lets doctors off the hook. So there's no question 
the person is dying at the hands of the doctor. But the legal excuse is the standard of care. So standard of care is a legal excuse. So doctor perpetrated murder is explicitly legally excused in the legal dictionary at law.com because the doctor has legal excuse and he has the authority, the medical license. So the same murder, the same death uh, committed by somebody without a license who was not following the standard of care might fill the legal definition of murder. But again, the person is no less dead. In those clear circumstances, this is first-degree murder. So if the person lacks legal excuse or authority, it is first-degree murder. By statute, many states consider a killing in which there is torture. We could call that chemotherapy. Movement of the person before the killing, it's called kidnapping, or the death of a police officer or prison guard or it was as an incident to another crime, as during a holdup, to be first-degree murder. This is very interesting. So in other words, if you kill a police officer or a prison guard, it's first-degree murder. That's interesting. With or without premeditation and with malice presumed. This is interesting. The law allows the presumption of malice. Now, this is something that I presumed when I was practicing medicine. As I saw these doctors torturing these patients, I said, man, they must, they must hate these people. They must not like these people. So clearly then, uh, okay, so we have first-degree murder, intent, malice, forethought, and again, in this case, it's unauthorized murder. And we're just going to leave, it, leave the authorization out of it. So we're going to get to authorization in a little bit here. So with or without premeditation, without male prison. Second degree murder is such a killing without premeditation. No thought was given to it. As in the heat of passion or in a sudden quarrel or fight. Malice in second degree murder may be implied from a death due to the reckless act of coercion for the life of others. For example... Um, I was doing a radio show last week and someone called in to say that their relative um, thought he was having a heart attack. The wife called the ambulance. When the ambulance arrived, he decided he did not want to go. They gave him a shot of a very strong sedative, whereupon he died on the spot. So uh, that would be reckless lack of concern for the life of others. And so that Murder might not have been premeditated, but certainly um, malice could have been implied there. And the example that the law dictionary gives is firing a gun into a crowd or bashing someone with any deadly weapon. And we can see uh, a syringe is seriously a deadly weapon. And I would recommend that anyone avoid getting syringes of any kind. All right, so depending on the circumstances in state laws, Murder in the first or second degree may be chargeable to a person who did not actually kill. This is important because in medical murders that happen in the healthcare industry, there are generally more than 20 people involved, any one of whom could have, by abstaining uh, or by their action, 
prevented or stayed the learner. So this is this is this is interesting. So a person who did not actually kill but was involved in a crime with a partner who actually did the killing or someone died as a result of the crime. Now, in medicine, there's tons, tons of examples like this. So in other words, you can have the pediatrician who gave the immunization that caused the cancer, and the pediatric oncologist gave the chemotherapy that hastened the death. And of course, you had a bevy of nurse attendants along the way, you had the people at the health insurance company processing the claims and seeing the pattern of what was going on. And so you get an incredible assortment. And on average in the United States, it takes about 18 doc- doctor visits, not 18 discrete visits so much as seeing 18 doctors to die. So the average person in the United States sees 18 doctors in the space of their lifetime. So you might want to count up all the doctors you've seen and if your account is anywhere over 17, you are in serious danger. Okay. So, but was involved in a crime who, with a partner who actually did the killing or someone else died as a result of the crime. Example, in a liquor store stick-up in which the clerk shoots back at the hold-up man and kills a bystander, the hold-up man can still be convicted of at least second-degree murder. Very interesting. A charge of murder requires that the victim must die within a year of the attack. This is very interesting because in medicine, the lead time or exoneration time is 30 days. So if a person dies more than 30 days after discharge from the hospital, then that hospitalization is not considered the proximal cause of death. And furthermore, there, it's not considered to be a hospital-related death. Very interesting. And so for regular other deaths occurring at other hands, they allow a one-year lag. So this is very interesting. So charge of murder requires the victim die within a year of the attack. Death of an unborn child who is moving, fetus moving, can be murder, provided there is premeditation, malice, and no legal authority. Again, this legal authority keeps coming up. So the legal authority, for example, might be um, the definition of the legislature of uh, illegal abortion or an illegal abortion. So thus, abortion is not murder under the law. Example, Jack Violence shoots his pregnant girlfriend, killing the fetus, Manslaughter, both voluntary and involuntary, lacks the element of malice and forethought. Okay. So this is very interesting. So we can see then that a lot of just really routine everyday activities in healthcare result in the death of individuals. But even for the purpose of counting these murders, forget prosecuting them, even counting these murders, um, the healthcare industry has a much more lenient standard. So um, hospital-related deaths are defined as deaths that occur within 30 days of hospital discharge. And we can see here that outside of the medical field, causality can be uh, presumed or at least investigated or considered as a possibility when it's been a one-year lag. And we know um, 
I mean, if you're going to believe the medical definition of AIDS, AIDS is a 20-year kill lag. So um, why wouldn't it be reasonable to assume other interventions might have uh, a lag time with culpability or responsibility? So one thing that we have heard in this definition again and again and again is without legal authority. So let's see who has legal authority to murder. Who has the legal authority to end the life of another individual? Either through um, following orders, doing as they're told, or even not following orders. So there's some people in the United States that have the authority to commit murder. And let's just take a look and see who these people are. Okay. First off is uh, the police. Very important. The police have the legal authority to murder people. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just pointing out that there is legal authority and, and that it's there. So, so does this mean anything? What's the meaning? Well, uh, there's an interesting site called uh, the, the freethoughtproject.com forward slash Americans dash killed dash cops dash outnumber dash Americans dash killed dash Iraq dash war forward slash pound P-I-B-L-T-P-H-L-G-Q-S-S-T-S-J-G dot 99. All right. So, in other words, it's just what it says. The increase in police brutality, they're calling it brutality, but I think that that is an emotionally charged term. We should just stick to murder here. The increase in police-related, in police murdering citizens in the United States is a frightening reality. In the last decade, that's 10 years, Alone, the number of people murdered by police has reached 5,000. The number of soldiers killed since the inception of the Iraqi war, that's 12 years, 4,489. Now, so what's happening is we have a select population in the United States, well, police, that has the legal authority to murder citizens. And... Uh, Exercise of that legal authority has resulted in the death of more Americans than soldiers killed since the inception of the Iraqi war. And so just um, as a comparison, obviously, uh, Iraqis in Iraq, by reckoning of our government, don't have the legal authority to kill our soldiers. So that's not condoned. That's not, you know, we don't think that's okay. But it is okay for the police to kill 5,000 Americans. All right, got it. Now, who else? Doctors clearly have the authority to murder. Clearly, clearly, clearly. And in case you have any doubt, check out malpractice. Doctor does something, the patient dies. What is the penalty? The penalty is payment of a dollar amount to families of the victim by a third party, an insurance company. So... Doctors murder with such regularity that there seemed to be a need to actually establish a compensation mechanism for the victim. This is this is really very telling. So doctors clearly have the legal authority to murder, and even there's a system in place so that in the event any murder is detected and in the line of duty, then of course that doctor um, goes through a legal process and a payment is made to the survivors. Doctor, 
does not suffer any uh, personal financial harm, does not suffer incarceration, and certainly does not get labeled as a murderer. Nurses, um, now nurses carry liability insurance. And what is it for? In the event a person dies in the course of the nurse performing her regular duties, she's got to be following orders, it's okay. The malpractice pays. And then they don't even always pay because if she did carry out her duties correctly, even though the patient died, there is no responsibility, there is no culpability, even though the action on the part of this licensed person, the nurse, did cause the death. So this is legalized, institutionalized death. So uh, doctors, that's about 800,000 Americans right there. I'm sorry, 86,000 Americans. No, it's 800,000 Americans are doctors. And then nurses, or quite a few nurses in the United States, they, each and every one of them has the authority to murder. Um, and then we have drug companies. Again, you, you ask yourself, well, geez, do you really have the authority to murder? Absolutely. And I don't want to say drug companies, because that's, that's too vague. It's not drug companies that have the authority to murder. It's employees of drug companies who knowingly authorize the manufacturing sale of unsafe drugs. So these are actually individuals. We don't want to you know, get all vague, you know, corporation or whatever. But not only is the company not held liable or, or liable, but even individuals at the company involved are not held responsible. So we have total, complete absolution um, of the drug companies. Now, if a drug company has a drug, the drug is administered, and it, is, and it causes the death of individuals, what is the penalty? Well, if it's a vaccine, then the, in the United States can't speak for other countries, then the United States government actually has a vaccine injury program where it decides how much and if the victim's family should be compensated. So in other words, there is no, no one goes to jail, no one's accused of murder, and no one has to endure uh, a trial or, or other penalty. No one has a criminal record. Um, what about um, sleeping pills? Ambien is a good example. Uh, depending on what source you should read, Ambien's been responsible for up to 500,000 um, deaths since it was first introduced in the 90s. Um, again, not a single arrest, not a single prosecution. So from that, we can, we can infer that uh, murder is certainly legal. Um, the drug was introduced in the 90s as being non-addictive, completely safe, devoid of side effects, and that was simply um, totally not true. Um, I didn't have any big research lab, but once I prescribed the drug about seven times, I realized, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not true, and I stopped prescribing it. And since then, so I stopped prescribing it long before uh, there was any question that maybe it should be taken off the market or maybe it was, it was dangerous. So, so we know then that companies that manufacture deadly materials and sell them to the public under the pretense that they are safe 
knowing death will occur, are not liable. No, they have the legal authority to do that. So this is, this is important. The FDA, FDA officials who, who okay unsafe drugs for sale and who allow unsafe drugs to stay on the market if they murdered many, many Americans. So these, uh, it's clear, I mean, no FDA officials have been arrested and accused of murder. So again, these individuals have the legal authority to murder. As we mentioned before, the nurses and ambulance attendants. Now, also, policemen, legal authority to murder. Prison guards, legal authority to murder. I mean, if a prisoner is out of, out of hand or something, you know, and he thinks it's reasonable and in the line of duty, then absolutely no problem. Um, now, there's some discussion about the death penalty. I think we just need to mention that because why? Because whether you're in favor of or against the death penalty, it's clear that many people on death row are actually innocent. We actually have a project called the Innocence Project. And so we know then that many people on death row are innocent. But like, how'd they get there? And the answer is, uh, I guess you could say they got there because the system, whatever system is being used, to determine innocence or guilt is not, is not entirely accurate. Um, who else can, can kill? Soldiers. Soldiers, in fact, are celebrated for the act of murdering other people. And so we have then a pretty long list of Americans who are authorized to murder, who can murder. But wait, but wait, who is not allowed to murder? I mean, there are people who are not allowed to murder. And that is where illegal murder comes in. Guess who can't murder? Anybody without special permission of the government. And guess what? As a patient, you don't have special permission of the government, but your doctor does. A serious imbalance here. So this illegal illegality of murder, you know, where people who do not have legal authority cannot murder, simply leaves you as a patient defenseless, totally defenseless. You don't have access to self-defense, scratch that off. But only that, because in your mind, you believe murder is illegal, you don't even suspect that you're walking into a killing field with no defense. You don't even suspect that from the moment you get pregnant, the prenatal care begins to devitalize you by taking first by drawing many vials of blood that you and your kid desperately need, then further by subjecting your child to numerous vibrations from the ultrasound, and then to traumatic uh, invasive testing with chorionic villus sampling, maybe even amniocentesis. And then if, if you and the baby uh, survive that, maybe you'll get a flu shot, and then that'll cause you to miscarry. So it, the onslaught, of actions with potentially deadly outcome begins very early in life. And then when the poor kid is born, he gets faced with a barrage of needles filled with poisonous chemicals. And in case he survives that, and a lot of them don't, a fair number don't, you know, then he gets the uh, ADHD drugs 
which we now understand causes increased adolescent suicide. Again, this is death. This is legalized murder. And it just goes on and on and on throughout the person's life. But because people don't realize that murder is legal, number one, and number two, all illegal murder does is take away from the patient the right to self-defense. Then people are just herded to their death. And then if the person doesn't doesn't go willingly, as in the case of a of a child, a pregnant woman or a child, then you have child protective services, an arm of the government that steps in and gives them a push, gives them a shove, some threatening, some intimidation, and a lot of times that that can help help the kids on their way with uh, this murder. So what happens then? Because people are not aware of just how legal murder is, and just how at every turn um, each government-licensed individual or government-employed individual has the authority to murder with impunity. And this is, this is why patients have such a hard time with it, you know. Then they're not prepared. They're not prepared to take evasive action. Because they don't realize that it's actually legal for the doctor to murder them. They don't realize that there is no penalty to the doctor for murder. That there is no penalty to the nurse for murder. There is no penalty uh, to the ambulance attendant uh, to murder someone in order to get them into the ambulance for an $800 care bribe. All these individuals have, and the hospitals and the hospital executives, there is no penalty for murder. It is absolutely legal. And once you realize that it's legal, once you realize that malpractice is there to coerce the doctor into giving you deadly care, it's not there for your protection. It actually doesn't protect you. It actually makes things even more dangerous. Because then the doctor is afraid to have that conversation. He's afraid to say to you, you know, the next step in the standard of care has not been very effective, and a lot of folks have died pretty quickly after it. Do you think you'd like to skip it? And so let's say you skip the step, and instead of dying on the spot with the intervention, you die four months, six months down the road. Now, your survivors have a financial incentive to help the government in disciplining this doctor for his failure to murder you. And people actually even tell you, you know, you could sue. Uh, oh, that doctor, he didn't give you XYZ drug. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think that was a bad thing. Oh, you need to you need to file a lawsuit. Oh, yeah. And so then what happens is you have patient families, survivors, with the financial incentive dangling in front of them, rushing to become accomplices in the discipline arm of a murderous, murderous symptom, a system. I had a friend who was a very, very nice person, but as a doctor, well, yeah, we'll comment on it, but he's a very nice person. And he had been sued for malpractice nine times. 
because he had harmed people under his care. Well, not a single suit was won. Why? He followed the standard of care. And he knew he was following the standard of care, so he followed the standard of care, harmed the person, and verbally abused him while he was harming them. I think that's why they, <laughs> why the family sued. <laughs> and this is also why, by the way, medical school really search for doctors who have a good bedside manner because they want people to do their deadly jobs, administer the deadly dose in an atmosphere of caring, of positivity, so that the victim, that's you, will be more likely to accept uh, the poison, to accept what's being done to them. Now, we can take some um, some questions. People can click their button there if they have if they have questions. Okay, so we have quite a few questions here in the chat room, so I'm going to start these questions, and then we'll do some from the um, call-ins. Okay, the last time for statins is so long that no one can establish the connection. This is absolutely not true. Um, 30% of people who take statins experience side effects each and every year that statins are taken. And so... Generally, the lag time between taking a statin and devastating results, my observation, my in practice, can be as little as uh, as a month to even four months. So, um, death from statins is is it's it's definitely uh, it's it's definitely one to one, and now the reports are coming out linking statins to causing deadly conditions like. Um, diabetes, like strokes, and so obviously if a statin causes a stroke and then the person dies of a stroke, then the statin actually causes the death, just as in this legal uh, definition of murder here. However, the statin is produced by a company that has the legal authority to murder, and this is what people need to understand, is that drug companies have the legal authority to murder you. Doctors have the legal authority to murder you. So when they murder you, it is not defined as murder, and there is no investigation. There is no recourse. Um, whereas if someone murdered your aunt or your sister or whatever, well, you go to the district attorney and probably request justice. You know, hey, guys, investigate this. But in the case of medical care, that's not, um, that's not going to happen because you're dealing with individuals who have specialized authority from the state to commit murder. Okay, so let's see what we have here. Questions. What drug or procedure has the highest kill rate? I can't tell you a particular drug and the stats are not kept officially. I can tell you my personal observation. The highest kill rate is from the cardiologist. That would be that would be the specialist that has the highest kill rate. Because of the combination of one, the drugs are so lethal, and two, the number of uh 
human beings that fall into their care is so high. So I would say the highest kill rate would be with, uh, with the cardiologist. Probably a close second would be um, chemotherapy. Because if you look at what cancer patients die of, it's very interesting, they die of heart disease, which is a number one side effect of uh, chemotherapy. And the second thing they die of is infection, another side effect of chemotherapy. So I'd say the cardiologist would be one and the cancer therapist is two. And these are actually confirmed when you look at the cause of death in the United States is classified as heart disease followed by cancer, actually. <laughs> okay. So I have someone in the chat room who says um, they had a bout of upset stomach when they were younger. The doctor had them swallow a barium milkshake. And by the way, barium goes in as a liquid. And it tasted like strawberries, and it did indeed turn to cement in the body, and it was very painful and traumatic to remove, absolutely. And so when um, a doctor orders a barium study, should we call it that, a barium test, so to speak, it can often necessitate weeks or months of therapy to treat the side effects. Okay. Would use of a syringe be excused if a large dose of sodium ascorbate could save a person's life? <laughs> As in Dr. Kenner curing 60 patients with polio with massive doses of ascorbate. Okay. Uh, I think everyone needs to, to decide what their what their tolerance is. And I think everyone needs to know, needs to decide under which circumstances they would use a syringe. But... Uh, Personally, I would say, uh, I, I would lean towards no. I would say, if there's one thing you could sort out for yourself in terms of saving your life and avoiding death by medicine is to avoid uses of syringes. And there are many ways to get large doses of things inside of people in a very safe way. Okay, let's click another link here. Another screen. Okay. So let's take a look. At um, another facet of this murder, and my favorite one is uh, is diabetes. And one way you can tell statistics are fake is when they just don't add up. So let's take a look at, at um, diabetics. There are 29.1 million diabetics in the U.S. Got it. Okay, 29.1 million diabetics. 73,831 deaths from diabetes. This is in 2010. And they're saying the death rate of 23 deaths per thousand. Well, let's do the math. Take 73,831 divided by 23 and multiply by 100,000. Um, that tells you 
that there must be 3 billion diabetics in the United States. So wait, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we do the other math, which is to divide 73,000 by 29.1 million, what we find is the death rate among diabetics is one-fourth the death rate for the population. Well, that doesn't add up either. If diabetes is a disease, then that would mean the probability of dying from diabetes would have to be higher than the probability of death on average, wouldn't it be? So if the death rate from diabetes is one-fifth of the death rate in the population at large, why don't diabetes live as long as everybody else? Number one. And number two, what are they dying of? Oh, let's take a look. In diabetes, we find that for a diabetic, their chances of dying from heart disease is 1.7 times as high as the regular population. So regular population, just by the way, has a probability of death from heart disease more or less somewhere around 40%, 40, yeah, 40%. And so 1.7 times 40% is like, whoa, that's a 70% death rate among diabetics from heart disease. That's pretty darn high. What's up with that? Well, heart disease, we'll say heart attack, is the number one side effect of diabetic medications. And death from diabetes medications particularly the dead, uh, dead in bed syndrome. Is it? <laughs> I kid you not, dead in bed syndrome. Um, so people who die of that are classified as heart attack victims. And so this death, which is actually a death from the uh, medication itself, insulin, is reclassified as heart disease. What else do they die of? Well, they die of heart attacks at 1.8 times as the frequency of the population at large. Again, medication side effects. And even if the blood sugar does not go so low as to murder the diabetic, many diabetes medicines, pills in particular, have a direct effect on the heart, causing heart attack and death. And what else? 43% of kidney disease is due to diabetes. Therefore, we can infer that 44% of the death from end-stage renal disease are due to the diabetes. What else? Diabetics are 19% to 40% more likely to have a car accident. Why? because the blood sugar goes too low from the high dose of their medications. In other words, medication side effects. And get this, how's this for manipulation statistics? Diabetics are twice as likely to experience falls as non-diabetics. And they experience these falls due to their medications. Now, the death rate per fall is no different for diabetics. Wait a minute. If the death rate per fall is the same, but they fall at twice the rate, 
that means they're dying at twice the rate due to falls from their medication. In other words, murder by medicine. But the murdering entity, which would be the doctor who prescribed it or the drug company who manufactured it, is legally authorized to murder. And uh, if you look at the backup website, you can take a look at what they say is 2.7% of diabetics, of those classified diabetics, classified dying by diabetes, 2.7% of those die due to their medications, direct overdose of their medications. And if you multiply this by the 280,000, it's about 7,560 deaths a year. These are 2004 data, exactly. They should be embarrassed. In this era of surveillance and incident information, the best they can do is 2004. What are you going to do? These things happen. So we have here then, we have uh, diabetes. The actual death admitted in terms of uh, happening to diabetics is so low that you know it's inaccurate because it gives a death rate for a diabetic population that's less than the death rate for a healthy American. A healthy American has a death rate of 0.8% a year. And so the death rate for the uh, diabetic is less than 0.2% per year. In other words, them dying of diabetes. But all these other ways that they die, these numbers are buried. They're buried in the heart disease statistics, the heart attack statistics, the kidney disease statistics, the car accident deaths, accident deaths as in falls. And so we have a situation where the actual death among diabetics is, uh, is much higher. But again, it's a number that's not revealed, a number that's not shared, a number that's concealed, again, to cover up these uh, murders by medicine. So this is this is really amazing, this is awesome, and this is how people die. So I'd like to take another check of our chat room, see if they have more questions. And people on the line who are listening have questions, they can just click their, their button there. Now I'm going to check the chat room. <laughs> okay. Okay, can someone take enough vitamin C orally to avoid the syringe? All right. My personal opinion is yes. So uh, I'm a definite fan of vitamin C. I personally think uh, whether you're taking supplements or drugs, you should take them responsibly. You should pay attention to your tolerance. Um, taking things orally instead of intravenously simply uh, create a situation where things might possibly take a little bit longer and, uh, you know, it takes a little more determination sometimes to swallow things. And yes, sicker people uh, have a higher tolerance of vitamin C. In other words, it takes higher doses of vitamin C to cause diarrhea in unhealthy people than it does in healthy people. So a healthy person might get diarrhea at five grams of vitamin C or 10 grams of vitamin C, 
Whereas an unhealthy person might not get diarrhea even at 20 grams of vitamin C. And so um, that's why you have to start small, I would say at 3 grams, which is a little more than half a teaspoon, and work your way up. Okay. So let's go back and check the chat. So then, what we have going on in the United States is we have authorized, legally authorized murder happening at a pretty fast clip here. And so the unauthorized murder, murder by everyday people, is actually 16,000 murders in 2013, or 3.6 per 100,000. That's pretty darn low. Um, but what's really going on here then if people, the victims of this homicide, are being expressly prohibited from retaliating, number one. And number two, people wrongly believe that just because it's illegal for them to murder, it's also illegal for other people to murder, and that's just not true. And it's this false notion that gets people putting themselves in harm's way, submitting to very dangerous uh, procedures, uh, interventions, and torture, because they have the false notion that if something goes wrong, they actually have recourse. If something goes wrong, uh, the person who victimized them will be punished. And that just isn't true. It absolutely is not true. Especially if it's the big one where you die. The doctor is totally exonerated in that case. Did he use a, a prescription drug to kill you? Oh, well, yeah, no problem there. And we see this again and again and again. And the most stunning example my observation is when the Inspector General of Medicare admitted that 180,000 Medicare patients are murdered every year by the health care they received and the health care that Medicare paid for. Um, you know, you would have think he would have called out CSI and hauled out the yellow tape and made an announcement or something. But no, just uh, quietly published the report. And um, they're making some committees. And I haven't heard any reports back from any committees. And so people need to understand that murder by medicine is not only legal, absolutely legal. It's legal, it's encouraged, it's protected. And so when you walk into the presence of a healthcare um, situation, you are walking into a killing field where you are totally exposed, totally unarmed, and the other person is totally armed, totally protected. They have the legal protection of the law, and uh, they are armed with um, prescription pad and pencil, um, syringe, pills, uh, whatever it takes to get the job done. And that's what people need to understand. That's what people uh, need to know. And also, people can go visit uh, drjenniferdanis.com, click on Discovery Sessions. If you think you might be at risk of being murdered by medicine and like to investigate uh, you know, natural alternatives to saving yourself and preventing that terrible fate. So that's drjenniferdaniels.com and click on Discovery Sessions um, at the top. And we have four minutes left. If people have questions, I think we have time for... Um, possibly one, 
And then I'm going to take a look and see what next week's topic is. I got so inspired that I actually wrote topics several weeks in advance. So next week's topic is the manufacture of humans, how human beings are being manufactured and how you can remove yourself from the assembly line in the event that you are being manufactured. And that's pretty much all there is for this week. We'll see you again next week, and we'll talk about getting off that assembly line of human manufacturing. Think happens. Mm-hmm.